Hi, and welcome to Conversations to Connect. I'm Fenella Hawksley, and this podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the Campaign to End Loneliness. Social isolation and loneliness are widespread and can have a huge impact on health, happiness, and overall well being. All people of all ages need connections that matter, and on this podcast, we will be hosting conversations to share insights, knowledge, and research to inspire change and to help people feel more connected. For our first ever episode, we are joined by Robin Hewings, Programme Director of the Campaign to End Loneliness. Currently in the UK, there are over 9 million people experiencing loneliness and lacking the friendship and support that we all need. The Campaign to End Loneliness are experts in the field of loneliness and connection and are dedicated to sharing research, evidence and knowledge to make a difference to people's lives, inspiring people to connect and bringing communities together across the UK. Robin Hewings has been with the organisation for three years and before heading up the campaign was working on policy and research, including directing programmes on the response to COVID-19 on loneliness and the psychology of loneliness. His previous experience includes policy and insight at Diabetes UK and Cancer Research UK, as well as advising on policy in government and in the London borough of Hackney. Hi Robin, welcome to Conversations to Connect. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So you've been with the Campaign to End Loneliness for three years. What was it that first brought you to the topic of loneliness? I've previously worked on issues to do with health like tobacco and diabetes. And I think there are a couple of things about it. So the first one is that in the last 10 to 15 years, when we've had this improving understanding that loneliness has an impact on our health, my initial reaction to that was oh God, that's just something else to worry about. (laughs) But then, particularly working on diabetes, where a lot of people with diabetes feel a lack of connection with others, particularly about their health condition, and often one of the biggest single things that they want is to feel more connected to other people with the condition to get that kind of support. What that shows is that loneliness is a really serious issue, but it's not... Oh here's something else to worry about actually it's a way through some of our most difficult problems in life because when we have the relationships that we need it makes our lives much better but it also means that we can cope much better with whatever life throws at us whether that's having diabetes or going through a pandemic or going through any other difficult stage in your life so in a way the loneliness it's part of the problem like with diabetes but it can also be part of the solution Exactly, because having, in that example, having diabetes, you feel like you've got this thing which is really difficult to manage. A lot of it is about how you manage it yourself, but you really want the connections to other people to check in with them about how they're doing, about any tips or advice that they might have about it, and even just being able to vent with someone about how difficult it can be. And I guess feeling like you're not isolated in your condition because there are other people who are experiencing the same as you. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you mentioned health impacts of loneliness. Could you talk to us a bit about that? Because I think that's something that not everybody knows and it's actually shocking how much loneliness can really impact our health. Yeah, so loneliness, particularly if it goes with social isolation, get it up to being in a kind of similar level as something like smoking and certainly loneliness by itself 
when it becomes chronic, when it just feels like this is this is what your life is like, can be seen to be kind of comparable to common health risk factors that we worry a lot about, like lack of physical activity or being overweight. And so we should take it seriously as a major health risk factor, and that is increasingly happening. It's something which the UK government absolutely recognises, something that the World Health Organisation recognises as well. And what do you mean by loneliness? So there's a kind of a dictionary definition which is a bit dry but it does capture it well which is that loneliness is a mismatch between having the social connections that you want and those that you would like. What that means is that sometimes the issue might be that you have plenty of relationships in your life but they're not good ones or they're not the ones that you need and that can be really very isolating and but sometimes it might be a bit more to do with to do with quantity that something has changed in your life you're working somewhere new you're living somewhere new your relationship has broken up and there's just kind of a lack of social interaction that is where your issue is so it's I think it's a good definition and it captures the problem well because it's about how you feel Mm -hmm. yourself it's not like we're trying to say to people you should constantly be talking and engaging with other people because sometimes it's lovely just to have the (laughs) I guess there's a difference between kind of solitude like wanting to be alone and then feeling lonely where you want to connect with other people but you feel like you can't absolutely a certain amount of solitude in life is (laughs) needed absolutely (laughs) You also mentioned that there's an increase in the number of people in the UK experiencing loneliness and and even the World Health Organization is getting involved. Do you want to explain a bit about that and why you think that might be? So we've only actually been properly measuring loneliness, particularly outside of older people, for a relatively short period of time. In relation to older people, we think it's probably stayed about the same over the decades. In relation to younger age groups, we just don't really know. But what we do think is that loneliness, particularly kind of chronic loneliness, went up during the pandemic. Not in the early stages. People's kind of existing resilience meant that people didn't suddenly become chronically lonely, saying that loneliness was what their life felt like. But by the time we got through to the winter lockdowns, when it had been going on for a long time and there wasn't possibly that same sense of emergency and connectedness through that period, we saw quite definite increases in people saying that they were chronically lonely. And this is something which the Office for National Statistics was measuring really quite frequently. And then what we've seen since then is that it's not quite as bad as it was in those winter lockdowns, but it definitely hasn't kind of returned to normal because I think the damage of the pandemic is really quite difficult to get over because when one has become chronically lonely it's really quite hard to get out of it's a downward spiral. And I guess with people becoming in a sense more isolated working from home there could be also this sense especially in young people that they do just spend less time with others and you have less organic opportunities to connect with other people. Yes, I think that's absolutely right, that some of the changes that the pandemic made for many people are totally fine, but they've possibly taken away some of the ways in which, as you say, people organically 
meet people. So you can kind of well imagine an example of someone who has just started working and normally when you just start to start working there's people around where you work and you can just kind of start meeting people but if you're doing that in a pandemic you're just sitting in your bedroom and even if you're going you know you're working in a place where you can't do it from home it's still the pandemic still knocked out a lot of opportunities for social contact and also that you've lost some social skills and some social confidence mm-hmm. as well so it's kind of harder to make or even keep up friendships in your opinion what do you think the kind of main causes of loneliness are and especially in our society today one of the biggest drivers of loneliness is change in your life and that's one of the reasons why younger people tend to be more lonely than middle-aged people because when you're younger you're having lots of changes to do with education, to do with work, often moving where you live. And the rest of your friendship group is often in a lot more change as well. And your relationships are more likely to be changing. And all of those things taken together means that there's more likely to be kind of gaps and bumps in your social relationship. And then as you go through life, becoming a new parent can be a difficult time. Being unemployed can be very difficult. And then in as people get older, there's a, a cluster of risk factors to do with perhaps becoming frailer, developing disabilities, finding it harder to go out, particularly if people lose sight or hearing. Again, that closes down your social world. And the biggest single risk factor is being bereaved for mm-hmm. reasons which are very intuitive. Is why we obviously there is a mismatch between the social relationships you have and those because the person you loved has died. It's mm-hmm. clearly was going to be really challenging. And it, I think helping people with loneliness and bereavement is an important part of our work. And we've got some relationships with some fantastic bereavement charities as well. But then there's some other things which are less about change in your life. So being disabled, which generally isn't something that just suddenly goes away is particularly amongst younger people makes people many many more times likely to be lonely being on a low income also makes people more lonely particularly if that is associated with a really acute problem like not having a permanent place to live or having really serious problems with debt so because those feelings are just so overwhelming that it's really difficult i guess they kind of isolate you from being able to connect with other people because they make you feel like you are different from others yeah yeah exactly but if you've really it's really hard being disabled makes it harder to have Mm -hmm. a normal kind of social life and to work and it generally means you're on a low income and similarly um, having a kind of acute poverty it's it really it's just all you can think about Mm -hmm. and and obviously a lot of socializing involves spending at least some money Mm -hmm as well and so that's really really difficult and then the final thing which is less about change but is definitely a real driver of loneliness is feeling discriminated against Mm -hmm. and so for example among black and minority ethnic people they would say that in some surveys they've got high levels of loneliness in a smaller number of surveys they don't but what does come through really clearly is that people feel discriminated against then that is very very isolating and similarly People from sexual minorities, people gay or lesbian, they similarly are really quite significantly 
more likely to be lonely. And you might think, well, society's moved on a lot, but it's still, I think the feelings of discrimination, some of the ways in which for older people it's really had a big impact on their lives. Do you think that's linked to feeling different or not accepted and again not being able to connect because that's what you think about? It's preventing you from then connecting with others because you feel like you will be treated differently. Exactly. So I think that what people talk about is that it undermines your trust mm-hmm. in in other people. Think that loneliness is sometimes something which we can evaluate really clearly. So I was giving the example about bereavement, like it's really clear why you feel lonely. But I think that sometimes it can be almost just a feeling you have about the world, the world around you. And so if you don't feel very trusted or accepted, I think that can have a really damaging impact even moving to a new city and feeling like you don't fit in or moving to a new country or being culturally marginalized all of these feeling marginalized in some way that then becomes something that you think about preventing you from connecting with others and kind of creating this sense of loneliness which then again stops you from being able to connect with others so it's kind of a bit of a circle yeah absolutely so I think anything which creates that downward spiral is really worrying and yeah there's really brilliant anthropology done in people living in all kinds of different contexts and countries and a feeling of connection to your environment absolutely is one of those it's something which you might not think about but it's it's definitely there there's increasingly clear evidence Mm -hmm. that where you live makes a difference to the chances of you being lonely and that isn't just because I was saying earlier that younger people are more likely to be lonely than middle-aged people. It's not these differences aren't just driven by that; they're kind of controlled for those types of things. But even once you've done that control, these differences persist, and that's because some areas have got better ways for people to feel safe and accepted. And so there's a relationship between kind of crime and antisocial behaviour and loneliness. There's also a relationship between green spaces mm-hmm. and loneliness. But it's also about having the places to connect with other people. And that can be sometimes in those very light ways, you know, a shopkeeper that you know, someone who you can kind of wave at in the street. (laughs) If your children are in school, then the school gate can be a great place of connection. But also a place to meet up with other people to perform those slightly more deeper, richer relationships. So if there isn't a pub or a cafe to go to, it's harder to go out it's harder to see people if there isn't a village hall or a community centre then it's harder for those types of voluntary organisations and those types of connections to happen there's a lot that we can do in how we design and think about the environment that's around us in ways that I think do can do great things for the extent to which we walk around and have physical activity mm-hmm. great things for crime and social behaviour but also great things for loneliness as well. And I think we think there's an agenda here that we can make a real difference to, particularly when there's so much building and construction happening mm-hmm. in right across the UK. Yeah, so building in spaces to connect into our environment. Absolutely. And also trying to avoid the opposite, yeah. which is sticking on an estate where no one can walk around no one talks to each other and there's no place to meet up people have just kind of got somewhere to live but no no way of socializing with Mm -hmm. other people I think that's we've got some great potential to do some really good for the future as we try to build more but we also need to make sure we don't kind of saddle ourselves with places where 
there's nowhere to connect with either. And you also mentioned green spaces because having that connection with nature and even just people who live closer to green spaces actually feel less lonely. Yes, I think I think that's a bit because those places can be more relaxing. Mm-hmm. But also I think it's, bec- it's because of that kind of way in which I think loneliness is is partially about feeling safe rather than threatened. And so trees and nature really help us do that. And also they can be good places to meet up with people going for a walk is a really brilliantly companionable thing to do so apart from the built environment and i know you guys at the campaign to end loneliness are working a lot with architects and designing those spaces what other projects have you got this year we're working with a part of the nhs to help receptionists help them to better understand and spot and to some extent support people who might be lonely who are coming through GP services. And I think that this is part of something where we think there's a massive opportunity to get better at dealing with loneliness, which is that if all of us feel more confident in our understanding of loneliness, how loneliness feels, how it can make us act and there's kind of a really massive opportunity there to really make a big difference to the lives and those of us around us the other thing that we're working on and really excited about is we're going to be having a conference an international online conference at the beginning of february 2023 where we'll be hearing from some people from the uk and things that are going on here but as i said earlier there's this burgeoning interest from around the world the world health organization is stepping up its work in this area and we're really keen that as the first country to have a loneliness strategy and the loneliness minister we can be a place that can really be the forum to help people understand what can happen globally about loneliness so that this movement can grow and become international and so that as well as talking to other people about what we've done in the UK we can learn from others around the world. I listened to a podcast about what they did in was it Zimbabwe where they trained grannies to be talking therapists in villages so that they could connect with people who were suffering from mental health problems and then it made them feel less lonely and useful and it also provided a valuable resource did you yes what country is that so they operate in zimbabwe Zimbabwe. and tanzania Mm -hmm. uh and and absolutely so this is a really low cost Mm -hmm. service it's something which maybe we should think about and Mm -hmm. learn from we should try and learn from kind of community-based solutions i guess what we keep on hearing is that there's a growing cost on the nhs and we need more resources loneliness has huge health impacts and maybe there are more community-based ways that it can be dealt with for example like what they did in zimbabwe absolutely so we're part of an eu-funded project and i was with the director of social services for the second largest city in Denmark and she was saying I really don't want people to use our services I want to create communities Mm -hmm. and spaces that means that people have got the ability to connect without relying on Mm -hmm. us now we're never going to be able to prevent all loneliness there are some aspects of life that will never go away from being human Mm -hmm. I think but there are real opportunities in thinking about preventing loneliness. Alex Smith, who set up the Cares Family, who are a great charity working in a number of cities in England, has this great line that doing the thing to create connection is almost always a bit less convenient. 
talking to someone rather than just scanning your shopping even if it's nice even if we value it it's just a little bit more effort and so trying to shift things so that we're a bit more prepared to take that effort to notice how much it can cheer us up Mm -hmm. yeah they did some study and it was when asked would you rather talk to the person next to you on the tube or just read in peace and everyone said I don't want anyone to talk to me I want to read in peace but actually when they did a study and they they tested what it was like if two people had a conversation on the tube and then someone just read in peace everybody who had a conversation with the person who sat next to them said they had a way more enjoyable journey so I think maybe we're scared sometimes to connect with other people but actually it's a human basic need absolutely and I think when you've had a conversation like that it can really brighten your day Mm -hmm. you often learn something found something out but it does take a little bit more Mm -hmm. effort it's something where we need to it's a hard thing to do but to slowly change some of the social norms so we work with a rail company at Transpanel Express who work in the north of England who are trying to do just that and they've been talking to their customers about it and I was really pessimistic as to anyone would notice it or whether they what care. are they doing at um, Transpanel so it's a few different things so sometimes it's kind of specific events in stations I try to make sure that every, all of the stations that they have have got uh, kind of chatty benches mm-hmm. on them so is that where people can sit down and have a chat with yeah someone? exactly oh. so it kind of where you gives you a bit of social okay. permission to talk to the person sitting next to you so if you've had a busy day we're talking to people constantly and you do just want to listen to a podcast in peace you can just go to a different bench no one's, <laughs> yeah. no one's forcing you but it gives you some permission to do it and talking to their customers they are really pleased that they're doing this they've noticed it they think it's exactly the kind of thing that railway companies should be doing so it's really striking how much as you say people really do value it people really mm-hmm. do want action right across society whether that's by central government local government the private sector and communities i think i saw something where sainsbury's did something similar with tables coffee tables where people could sit down and have a chat yeah absolutely and i think quite a number of places have Mm -hmm. done that and i think that that's because it's going with the grain of Mm -hmm. what people want it creates really nice opportunities for connection and we also did a little bit of work with um people in pubs and people who work in pubs said that creating connection was what was was really motivating to them that having those conversations with regulars or making people feel comfortable to be there they said that that's what they really liked about their jobs and I think you can kind of see that in how people would like to run whether it's cafes pubs creating like a safe community space where people can go see regular people have conversations and yeah as you said kind of brighten up people's days yeah absolutely We recently published a report about loneliness in London because out of the whole of the UK, London, despite being the most populated city, is also the loneliest place to live. And I wondered if you could talk a bit about some of the initiatives that are taking place in London, kind of community initiatives to tackle this. Yes, so we work with the Greater London Authority and a like-minded organisation called Neighbourly Lab. And yeah, what we were looking at was what seemed to be the drivers of loneliness in London and also what you can do sensibly in London and and obviously there's a lot of kind of we think you really important built environment things that can make a difference 
to people um, as in kind of designing places for people to live that are just more social first (laughs) exactly exactly so making sure that pavements are nice things to walk along so that you can bump into people Mm -hmm. near where you live that you feel physically and emotionally safe which i think Mm -hmm. is also really valuable and then also making sure that you've got the spaces for communities and people to to come together there's great examples of things happening in london to do that whether it's everything from community gardening i was talking about the cares family who use Mm -hmm. in a way quite a specific big city approach so there's a lot of people who often move to the city Mm -hmm. for work and might often feel a bit disconnected from where they live but equally they're often older people living almost amongst all of this change and flux who can also feel a bit disconnected and so the genius thing is putting those two groups of people together which connects older people and younger people in relationships which are kind of reciprocal where both of Mm -hmm. them are getting something out of them a bit like the Zimbabwe project yeah (laughs) similarly that yeah so the kind of um I'm not sure that every old woman uh, in this country (laughs) would want to be called a granny but yeah (laughs) that's true in Zimbabwe what what they'd say with the grannies absolutely it's part of their role as leaders in their community that they're providing this service I think a lot of it is about using what's best in a place whether that's London or the opposite of London Mm -hmm. so we're very very rural as being what you can use to kind of bring people together and sometimes that'll just happen but sometimes you might need a charity to do something which involves just a bit of putting Mm -hmm. people together to create kind of a mutually beneficial relationship for both people that's right so I think what brings people together are relationships where both people are getting something Mm -hmm. out of it and people are connecting no one goes to a loneliness club they go to a club that they find interesting and meaningful and also sometimes people want to just hang around with people almost identical to them but <laughs> often what people value most is when it's across different age groups or ethnicities or backgrounds and so those can be some of the most kind of meaningful relationships and enriching i guess so sadly we're coming up to the end of the episode and we're going to start a tradition on this podcast it is the first episode but the tradition will start with you And we're going to end with two questions. So the first question is, when did you last feel lonely? So I think I last felt lonely during that winter lockdown Mm -hmm. when I just really, it's gone on for a long time and you felt really disconnected from your friends. There was a lot going on at work that was, you know, took up a lot of, headspace as well obviously it's it's loneliness it's lockdown it's going to be a lot happening and I was filling out a questionnaire for for something to help someone get their numbers up and I was kind of clicking through the questions and I realized oh that's me actually I think I really feel kind of quite disconnected not from the people I was you know from my wife and children I was living in house with all the time but really missing that wider sense of fun and interest and connection and the ability to vent to more than just one person (laughs) yeah Um. society just (laughs) other people in general (laughs) yeah so yes when things started opening up and even though it was cold and wet in mid-march I was still definitely going out and staying out (laughs) 
And finally, what advice would you give to someone to help them feel more connected? I think this is almost like the hardest question because there's some things which you can say which are true. But the point about feeling lonely is that you really don't feel like doing them. It reduces your self-confidence. It often reduces the extent to which you kind of enjoy social interactions. They feel threatening. And so if I had one piece of advice, it would almost be just to notice how that feels and to be kind to yourself about how that feels, but that it really is worth doing those types of things, joining groups around interests, getting in touch with people you might have lost touch with. But it is just so so many times more easy to say than it is to do well thank you so much it's been really interesting and have a a lovely day thank you thank you (laughs)